So as the Sahaba عنهم, returned from Abyssinia the first time, and the rumors that they heard that Islam had rapidly spread in Makkah Mukarramah, those rumors were untrue. And now the Muslims, the torture of the Mushrikeen multiplied and increased and exacerbated. And now they encouraged the other Muslims and Allah's Nabi allowed them and a group now of 82 Sahaba approximately. Sahaba and Sahabiyat, radiyallahu anhum wa anhun, departed, left Makkah Mukarramah, and they went to Abyssinia. And they were welcomed by a Najashi. Najashi treated them very well, welcomed them very, very lovingly. And what happened then was, Quraysh were very, very upset. So they sent two of their emissaries, namely Amr bin As and Abdullah bin Abi Rabi'ah. These two were sent on behalf of the Mushrikeen of Mecca to convince Najashi that the Muslims who have come to, to Abyssinia are maniacs, are people who are disrespecting their seniors and they are wrongdoers and they should be sent back to their seniors in Mecca so that their seniors can decide their, their, what should be done with them. Hazrat Ummu Salama radiallahu our mother, Allahu Akbar, she made hijrah with her husband, Abu Salama ibn Abdul Asad. But she narrates a lot of these incidents. And later on when her husband passed away, Allah's beloved sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wedded her. That's how she becomes our mother. Anyway, she narrates how the mushrikeen sent the, the two. And later on Allah gave them hidayat as well, subhanallah. Allah's Nabi's efforts, even the people who fought against Islam, but and they were the worst and Allah Ta'ala made them the best due to the efforts of Janabi Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But the tactic of the two were, they brought exquisite gifts and presented it, presented it to the, 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 the ministers of Najashi, and they presented these gifts to Najashi himself. And basically, this was a form of bribery. Giving them, them gifts so that they can support the two of them when they are making this presentation and this request from Najashi that the Muslims should be banished from Abyssinia and banned from there. And when these gifts were presented, expensive, valuable gifts, and the next day when they presented the gifts to Najashi himself, and the two of them presented themselves to Najashi. Interestingly, Hazrat Amr bin As was quite close to Najashi. And when he heard the entire you know, request of Najashi. Najashi said, how can I send the people away when they are here looking for protection in me? And what happened then was, the ministers around Najashi and the bishops and the seniors of the country, all of them were supporting the two, that these people have nothing to do with us and they shouldn't be here. Actually, you should send them away. Najashi said, how can I send them away without giving them a trial? without listening to their side of the story. Subhanallah. And this Allah's Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam referred to, when Allah's Nabi said, Najashi is that just king. And look at this very, very important integral rule of justice, is he never passes a decision by listening to one side of the story. There's always two sides to a story. And this is a lesson of life we learn from our deen. Never judge a situation, never judge a case, never understand a case or analyze a case by listening to one side of the story because that is injustice. Anyway, the Muslims were summonsed and now they were worried 
By that time, Hazrat Ja'far radiallahu anhu, because he migrated with the Sahaba in the second migration towards Abyssinia with the 82. So he was amongst them. And when they made mashura, who should be the spokesperson? So these things are done systematically. They decided that Hazrat Ja'far radiallahu anhu would speak. And now as they present themselves before Najashi, subhanallah. There's so many interesting events that took place here when the Muslims come in, when normal people, when people in general would come before the rulers and before Najashi, they would generally bow down and prostrate and so forth. But the Muslims, as they entered, they, they didn't bow down. And when this question was posed to them, they responded saying that we bow down only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yes, we respect the king and we give him his regards and respect but our bowing and praying and prostration is to Allah alone. Najashi being a good man, he didn't insist that they bow down before him. Because he knows, he knew religion. And he was a wise man. Interesting is the incident that happened with Abu Bakr Qadi, Abu Bakr Baqillani, rahimahullah, years later. This is five centuries later, when the Roman emperor sent a message to the Abbasid ruler. That sent to me one of your, you know, scholars to our lands of Rome because we want to discuss certain aspects of Islam and we have certain questions. And the, the, the Khalifa decided to send Qadi Abu Bakr Baqillani. When he arrived in Roman territory, in Roman lands, he was welcomed and so forth. And his appointment was scheduled the next day to, to present himself before the emperor. And the emperor knew that these Muslims will not bow down. So he doesn't know what to do. Planning and thinking. He actually then devised the plan that the, the, the entrance point, the, the, the point where the door entrance is and situated just before his throne, that was lowered, enforcing it upon the scholar to actually bow down before coming before the ruler. So subhanallah, as Qadi Abu Bakr rahimahullah comes before this ruler, what do you think he did, my respected listener? Subhanallah, look at the wisdom of our ulama. And he was one of the great scholars of his time and of our times. And he was among the, 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 the first scholars to write a book on the miracles of the Qur'an-i Kareem or the miraculous nature and the beauty, the in-depth miracles of the Qur'an-i Kareem. Al-I'jazul Qur'ani. Anyway, as he presents himself before the emperor, he doesn't bend forward. He actually bends and comes in through the rear, not uh, bowing to any, making sure that he doesn't bow, bow before any creation. Anyway, the emperor was amazed at his intelligence, and then, you know, uh, he asked him certain questions and so forth, and he tried to insult the scholar. Like among the questions he asked was about Hazrat Aisha radiallahu anha, because she was falsely accused. She was falsely accused uh, for adultery. So he used one of these arguments to pick on the scholar. And the scholar so beautifully answered Abu Bakr Baqillani rahimahullah saying that in the same way Hazrat Maryam, our mother Mary, the mother of Isa alayhi salam, she was also falsely accused and those were false allegations laid against her. But the difference is that Hazrat Maryam came with a child and our mother Hazrat Aisha didn't. But both of them are revonerated and are pure and their purity is expressed in the quran -i kareem And the response of the scholar shocked the emperor. And then in that, he actually arranged the meeting with the scholar, between the scholar and the pope. And as they were sitting and the pope arrived, amongst the questions that this alim asked the pope was, how's your wife and your children? 
And after this question, there was a huge hue and a cry in the court. Why? Because they had objected at the question of the scholar towards the Pope. They don't you don't you know these people are so pure? How can you ever think that they have women and children? Such a thing they don't do. Looking down upon having women and children. And subhanallah, Qadi Abu Bakr rahimahullah said that Allah, look at them. They attribute a child to you and they claim that their Pope is free and pure from women and children. Subhanallah, we learn from here that invite to Allah Ta'ala in different, different situations, but in a wise manner. May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to invite to His greatness in the different, different conditions and situations in a manner of wisdom.